It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A key member of the Reds' future is here, and his name is Spencer Steer. We will tell you why we see good things for him in the Reds' lineup for years to come. Also, is Jonathan India back? Is Aristides Aquino back? And when will we see Hunter Green back? Welcome back to Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds. Your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we're free and available on all podcasting platforms. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside Jeff Carr, and we have a passion for baseball. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds, and we have taken that passion and we have turned it into information for you uh, going on four seasons apiece now. Uh, on today's podcast, Spencer Steer showed up in Cincinnati and then he showed out. We are going to break down his ML Major League debut. Jonathan India's hitting streak came to an end after 16 games. Jeff and I are going to dig into the reigning National League Rookie of the Year's most recent performance. We are also going to take a look at Aristides Aquino to see if he deserves the playing time that he's been getting. Oh, and... We're going to be talking Joey Votto. That's right. We are going to talk JDV in the broadcast booth. But first, let's start with Spencer Steer, Jeff, because you and I had both been just calling for Spencer Steer to be in Cincinnati and just wondering exactly when it was going to happen. And, you know, we both speculated it would be around September 1st, and that's exactly what happened. And he came up and he put on a display. Could there be a bigger just like slap in the face of just like why wasn't he up here earlier to save the over i mean we're like the only people that are yelling about that right now but yeah that that would have been amazing to see because what a debut i mean you're talking about a dude who didn't make an out in his debut let's not say anything i mean to say nothing of his first at bat being a home run didn't make an out steve that that is pretty impressive you know the thing I always look at, Jeff, when they call up a guy, you know, this is the same kind of litmus test that I gave Nick Senzel when they brought him up mm -hmm. after we waited and waited and waited. Uh, I look to see if they look like they're overmatched. I look to see if they look like they're having a little trouble with the speed or a little trouble with just the environment or if the nerves get the best of them. And Spencer Steer was calm, cool, and collected. You know, that first at bat was a great at bat that he worked a walk. Uh, then he goes on to get his first major league hit, which is a home run. Uh, then he manages to double himself into position to be a winning run and uh, another walk in there for, for good measure. Uh, I think that he was truly, uh, at least for that one day, you know, everything we had been waiting for uh, as far as something to, to have a, a bright spot of optimism uh, at the end of this 2022 baseball season. Well, and, and, and let's continue with the optimism because I loved his post-game interview that he gave, kind of talking about the day and talking about the home run. Here was Spencer Steer on his day. Yeah, that was pretty pretty unbelievable. I'm kind of at a loss for words. Um, to kind of describe just the whole day. And 
you know, having my family here and just, you know, being able to, to perform and, you know, make them proud. And, yeah, it was a pretty, uh, like you said, I don't know if you could have wrote it up better. Just looking back, I just, yeah, I knew I hit it well, but, I mean, I kind of just, it's just a moment where you black out and, you know, it's just, it's, that's something you dream of right there um, for it to actually happen. Yeah, I, I can't really remember much without running around the bases. That is the second time that a Red has hit his first career home run and said that he's blacked out. I, I think that we've got some dudes that love playing baseball around here, but yeah, it's like, um, <laughs> okay, blacking out, please make sure you get around the bases safely. <laughs> let's let's talk about that home run for a second, Jeff, because it was not a, an oppo dinked over the wall or he, he, you know, he didn't pull it just over the fence down the line. That was a straightaway center field shot. And, mm-hmm. and for me, you know, that, that means he was seeing the ball well. And I was worried about that uh, with his call up, but it was, it was one of those things where, you know, I'm not going to say he's going to hit 20 home runs this month. I'm not saying that he's not going to to have struggles, but I, I do think that given uh, him clearly not being intimidated facing major league pitching and then his ability to really just play everywhere, uh, I think is going to bode well for him uh, to continue to see time here in September. Well, and not to be outdone, like that was kind of his profile is that he's not, he's going to get his home runs, but really more of a hitting profile like Donovan Solano, right? Like line drives, good, solid contact, the kind of guy that's going to get some doubles, probably be a good RBI dude. Like I, I look at him and I think, okay, with everybody being back healthy here in the next couple of years, I could see him slotting right behind Tyler Stevenson, especially next year. And depending on how the roster shakes out, whenever all of these studs get called up to the major leagues, I could see steer being the kind of guy that's a good fifth spot in this lineup. And he showed you why, I mean, not to be out obviously, you know, we love to joke about his whole, not making it out in his first major league appearance, but then in the next two games, he didn't get a hit. So he's going to make some outs, but at the end of the day, he is going to be a viable option in this lineup that is going to help you score some runs. You know, I don't know if you recall, but when he sat, when I sat down with him a couple of weeks ago, we talked about his power. And, you know, what areas of his game he was working on, you know, and he mentioned that he specifically targeted improving his power numbers and that a side effect with that was he had more K's. So he was trying to find a balance. He was trying to to find uh, the sweet spot between adding the power and and reducing the amount of strikeouts. So I think that will continue to be a work in progress at the major league level. Uh, If we want him to be able to hit with a little bit of pop, and I think we do, I don't think we want him to just be a slap hitter. I think we want him to be able to drive the ball. You know, some of those strikeouts are going to come with that, Jeff, but I think you're absolutely right. You throw him in the fifth hole, maybe as low as the sixth spot, and, and it suddenly becomes, you know, just another threat in the bottom of that, that bottom third of the lineup that really will help the Reds score more runs. Uh, you know, you're going to have your boppers up top. You know, you mentioned Tyler Stevenson being in the four hole next year. Uh, you know, you've got then steer coming along who can be your next round of get on base guy or can park one in the bleachers to add you a run or two. 
Yeah, and he's going to be the kind of guy that really anchors the bottom of that lineup for the Reds. I, I'm so happy to see him up here. He is a dude who needs to be playing every single day. And kind of like we said, the positional flexibility is going to help out quite a bit with that. I know that we have, uh, you know, there was some news that Matt Reynolds is going out on a rehab assignment, and, and that'll be something that we talk about more as the week goes along as to how it's going to affect the roster because – if they're sending him on a rehab assignment, that means that sooner or later he's going to be on the major league roster. And that means that one of our young guys likely are going to be sent down. I, I know what I think about that, but it definitely should not be Spencer Steer. He should be playing every day. Oh, absolutely. And you and I uh, will save that part of the conversation. I know you and I have talked about it off air. You know, we have some we have some opinions. So tune in tomorrow. Yes, that's definitely coming up tomorrow. But I tell you what, Steve, when when you look at the way that this lineup has rolled here recently, a huge factor has been Jonathan India because he is proving something. And we'll tell you exactly what that is coming up next. But first, are you looking to grow your small business? LinkedIn can help you do that because as your small business grows, you need to make sure that you're hiring quality people. LinkedIn is going to help you find the people that you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. That's a lot of people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-M-L-B to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Coming up tomorrow, we will recap another start by Justin Dunn and whether he can keep building on his recent successes. We will also dive into that roster conversation as we have some guys coming back. Matt Reynolds on a rehab assignment is one of them. Another guy who's on a rehab assignment right now is Hunter Green, and we'll talk about him in just a moment. But I'm telling you what, Jonathan India is back, man. And we're talking about the Jonathan India that we expected to see after his rookie of the year campaign. The sophomore slump has been real. And a huge part of that has been injuries and how he has dealt with that. But here recently, the performances that Jonathan India is putting on is really bringing him back to the point we thought we'd see him. Well, and if you look at his overall numbers, some of his stretches early on were so bad that his overall numbers are a little bit deceiving. As an example, yeah. his OPS plus is only now over 100. He's at 101. Uh, also, for the first time this season, I think his war, his wins above replacement is a positive number at 0.1 not that's not crazy impressive numbers as a whole but when you think about what he's had to do to get those numbers pulled up to that point uh, it's definitely a very positive trend he has had to grind jonathan india is an absolute 
dog. We have seen him put in the work of the kind of guy that you would expect. The guy that we're talking about, a possible future face of this Reds franchise. This is the guy that you want to have on there because he is putting in the work in a year that, I mean, uh, talk nothing of what we thought as fans. I'm sure this is far missing his expectations for himself. So he's got to get something back. And, you know, a lot of it's been, you know, playing through injuries. We talked about that in episodes past, but I definitely think that he's doing a lot better on that leg. Although kudos to David Bell. He fouled a ball off that leg yesterday or uh, Sunday in game two of the doubleheader, and they immediately pulled him. He was not happy about it, but that is the kind of thing that they need to be doing to protect Jonathan India. It's still good to know, though, that he has been performing much better, even though he has kind of fought through that whole crazy, you know, hit by pitch that he got in the Field of Dreams game. You know, I I want to see India fight to stay in that game. That's yeah. what I want from him. That's what I expect from him. Uh, I also want David Bell to do what you've been calling for all season long, which is for David Bell to protect Jonathan India from himself. And I think that's exactly what happened in that moment uh, when he got hit on that shin. I think, you know, probably India could have continued. Did he need to? Was that the right call? Absolutely not. I think David Bell did exactly what should be done in that situation. Especially in the game that the Reds offense had everything under control. And, you know, it sucks that his hitting streak ended in the games, uh, the second game of that doubleheader. But 16 games, that's officially his new career high. That's, you know, a new mark for him to beat next year or at the end of this year. It's not as if the year's over yet. But that's the kind of thing, like... And the power's not necessarily been there, but work with what you have. Work with the cards that you've been dealt. Jonathan Inney has been dealt a rough hand this year, but he's been able to play through that, and that has impressed me to no end. You know, I think more than one time we've heard major league hitters say that, you know, a lot of the power comes from your legs. And let's let's think about Jonathan India's injuries this year. That hamstring more than once, his legs have not been right. Now his shin is continuing with this lingering injury and is probably not going to be right until the beginning of next year. So uh, taking that into account, I'm not shocked at all that his power numbers have declined uh, the way that they have. I am happy to see him making good contact and getting on base and being able to run the bases. I, you know, I think at this point with him, considering the season it's been, I'm happy to take whatever we can get. It's something that I talked about these last couple of days um, while I was pinch hitting solo uh, on the show is that, you know, Jonathan India and the grit that he is showing through this, say nothing about the numbers. This is the kind of eye test thing that we expect of a future star. Like, obviously I think that the conversation for face of the franchise involves him, Tyler Stevenson, you know, Hunter Green, Nick Lodolo, something like that. Would you say right now you think that he'd be the favorite for that whenever we're to the point where face of the franchise means something again? Yeah, I think, I think it's going to be hard for him to, take that away from Tyler Stevenson, you know, all things being equal, if they're both healthy next year, uh, I think Tyler Stevenson ends up being that guy. Uh, but India is definitely in the conversation. I think he could play his way into being that guy. And it's, and it's an outperformed thing, right? It's not a, you know, Tyler Stevenson is miles better than them. It's that they are both in that 
top tier when you're looking at Reds players for the future. And I find it interesting because I've seen a lot of takes out there. A lot, a lot of folks getting a little bit hot takey about our man, Jonathan India, and some people saying that they expect him to be traded. And some people have said, even by the end of next season, now Why? these aren't, these aren't beat writers. These, these are more, what? these are more fans and things like that. But yeah, no, no, no. I'm not this buying This is why into that people should not drink and tweet. This is exactly why you should have to have a breathalyzer before you log on to Twitter and start spewing thoughts out into the world. Trade, come on, trading nah. Jonathan India. Give me a break. No. I, that would be, uh, yeah, I don't, even, I don't even know where that conversation would start. And you know what? We're not going to start it because he has been phenomenal here lately. He's showing the kind of fight. I've said this a couple of times, though. Jonathan India has shown the fight that you want to see from a guy who is the potential, you know, future dude for this team. But you know what, Steve, uh, let's cha quickly change the subject though, because talking about this Sunday double header and things like that, how about the bullpen? Which, which bullpen are we going to talk about the game? One bullpen talk about the or the game bullpen. two bull, the good bullpen. All right. Yes. This bullpen <laughs> is great, man. Oh my gosh. What on earth in the same day. And that's why, this is why I love baseball. you right. You get a double header and in the same day, you can say the bullpen was terrible and the bullpen shut out the opponent. Like what, how, how on earth do we flip that around so quickly? You know, it's like you just said it. It's baseball, man. You know, there's there's just enough talent in that bullpen right now where they can be streaky good followed by incredibly bad. And and I yeah. think we just because there happened to be two games in one day, we got to see it in all its glory because everybody got to pitch. So we saw the good, we saw the bad, and we saw some ugly all Oof. rolled right into one great big concoction of Sunday doubleheader baseball. Yeah, I wanted to mention it real quick because it just it blew my mind how the bullpen pitched on Sunday. Especially like there was a dude, and real quick, a dude that I've been talking about here recently, thinking like, you know, I wonder if Joel Kunal is taking a step, taking a step to be a dude that we could possibly think about as a middle relief option. In the first game of that doubleheader on Sunday, did not record an out and gave up four runs. So yeah, it's a fickle thing this relief pitching thing. But you know what? When we're talking about pitching. And we're talking about people coming back. Hunter Green is coming back. As far as when, though, not real sure because he had a rehab start on Thursday. Everybody said all systems go. He recovered well, felt good on Friday. So guess what? He's pitching again in Louisville today. This Why? makes absolutely no sense. I mean, like, like I told you off air, if he's throwing like nothing but change ups or, you know, sure. pitching at 75%. Cool. All right. I understand. He's working on something, but if he throws, if he throws one fastball that touches a hundred on the radar gun, there's absolutely no good reason for him to be doing it in Louisville and not Cincinnati because yeah. why? I mean, someone's going to have to explain it to me. It just, it makes no sense because Steve, David Bell is loving the Chase Anderson experience. <sighs> He's the only one, by the way. Nobody else is. I mean, uh, yeah, sure. He pitched a clean two innings there on Sunday, but he still had four walks. Four walks! And he didn't even pitch more than, I, I think it was two and two-thirds innings. But still, four walks? And somehow the Reds still pitched a shutout in the same game that their bullpen started through four walks into it. It's Chase Anderson experience. I think the only way to enjoy the, the CAE is to be on LSD because there's just <laughs> no good time involved at all in watching that guy pitch. 
sounds like the name of a band who opened for Dave Matthews band one time. Shout out to our uh, buddy Chad right. over at uh, the riverfront there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I, the Chase Anderson experience. Good Lord. What are we doing with them? He came in on Wednesday and just absolutely blew up that extra innings game with the Cardinals. Like, whoa. I, I don't understand the move here with Hunter Green because – we said whenever he was announced that he had an injury, okay, that's great. His year's probably done. We're probably not going to see him till spring training. That's fine. He's had a nice building block type season. Now it's he has a pro, prolonged rehab stent to come back and throw what two or three games. Uh, is this necessary? You know, I buy into the fact that they wanted to like limit. The amount of innings but this does not do that so it's it's just it's it's very confusing and i would say i would love for somebody to ask nick crawl about it but he tends to have a problem in verbalizing his thought process and and the things that he's trying to do but i would love for someone to ask the front office that has the ability to get the phone and talk to nick and be like what are we doing why are we jeopardizing this young arm having him pitch in Louisville, what does that gain? Explain it. I don't think there's, I don't think there's an answer that he can give with a straight face into the camera. That's not going to have everybody blow up because yeah. it doesn't it's, make sense. It's going to be something about peaks and valleys, Steve. That's probably, <laughs> that's probably what we're looking at. Where are you going to go? <laughs> Where are you going to go? Uh, but no, I, I think it's clear though. Going back to what we said about Jonathan India, he is back and Hunter green should be too. Well, Aristides Aquino also happens to be proving something, Jeff, and we're going to dive into exactly what it is that he's proving coming up right after this. You can follow the podcast on all platforms, including YouTube. Make sure you have clicked those subscribe buttons and make sure you click the bell on YouTube so that you get notified every time we go live, every time we post something new, every time we've got something there for you, you won't miss any of it. You can also follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at S Offenbaker. That's with two F's. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three F's. You can also follow the show at Locked on Reds. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. We'd love to interact with you and we don't want you to miss anything we are putting out there for you. All right, Jeff, let's talk about Aristides Aquino because he continues to prove some things and I'm not sure that he's proven what the reds would like for him to be proven uh, so let's let's dig in let me start the conversation off for you with this okay. in 2019 aristides aquino had one of the hottest months in the history of a player coming to the major leagues 100%. Uh, for that short little stint in 2019 he had a wins above replacement of 1.2 would it surprise you to learn that as bad as he has been this year his current wins above replacement for the 2022 baseball season is 1.1, a difference of just one-tenth between his 2019 performance and his 2022 performance. Do they give him like 0.1 more for every outfield assist he has? Like Maybe what? so. That could what? be the case. What? That, that doesn't make any sense to me at all because at the plate, he sure don't look like it. I, I think what would you say his OPS plus OPS plus was like negative 20. 
All right, so OPS Plus is going to tell us the true story, Jeff. Well, you yeah. know, you can look at the wins above replacement, and and depending on what site you're looking at, you know, if you get over on Fangraphs, the numbers are a little bit different. But the Baseball Reference War, this is what it's saying. If you look at the OPS Plus for 2019, uh, his OPS Plus that season was 119, so 19% better than replacement level league average. That's good. In 2022, his OPS Plus is a whopping 42 as in way below replacement level league. Is it almost 60% lower than league average? That is correct. So the (laughs) the OPS plus tells us a story. Now this is where it brings me Jeff. And I would love to hear your take on this because this is where I'm at with Aristides Aquino. I think enough is enough. I think he's been given every opportunity to prove that he can turn it around. And between what we're seeing on the field and some of the things that came out from guys like Eric Davis saying that he's just really unwilling to change unless it's his idea. uh, I think for me that says this experiment should be over and uh, I'm done. I'm ready to move on. I really don't care who they throw out there because whoever they put out there can just be equally as bad for the rest of the season. Well, they could probably go with a guy like TJ Friedel, right? TJ Friedel has been on fire at the plate, and he's pretty good in the outfield too. Now, he doesn't have Aristides Aquino, Aquino's arm, but let's face it, nobody really does. I mean, Aquino's arm is on another level. Like that is the that's like you know superstar level arm. Everything else, not so much. So I, I, I'm looking at Aquino, and I'm saying, you know what? I, I was thinking of this the other day because I was at that extra innings game against the Cardinals that was like so long. And it was a lot of good pitching and defense and things like that. But Aquino had three hits in that game, three singles even, not, you know, like homers or anything like that. And he was just putting the ball where defenders weren't. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder if he's starting to figure some stuff out. But then the next day on Friday, you hear Barry Larkin corroborating what Eric Davis said on the broadcast. And that is that he just doesn't adjust he doesn't listen basically like he or maybe he does listen and he's just like yeah whatever I know better in fact I'm pretty sure Barry Larkin said something to that effect was that Aquino's way is the best way in his mind and nobody can tell him otherwise listen listen if your name's Joseph yeah if your name's Joseph Daniel Votto then you can tell the hitting coach you know my body of work speaks for itself I got this I'm gonna do things my way Aristides Aquino has not earned the right to dismiss any of the advice he's getting from the coaching staff and the professional hitters that they bring in to work with him. You know, I think that Eric Davis's bona fides are enough that if he tells you you're doing this thing wrong and you should change it, you should probably at least try it. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't understand Aquino at all when it comes to how he plays because you see it all the time the eye test tells me what i need to know about aquino and that is he just don't have it you don't even really need to dive into the numbers to know that but then when you dive into the numbers it just completes your uh, thought process he just don't have it i'll tell you what though you know who has it you mentioned him already and that's joseph daniel Votto when he's in the booth Oh my gosh. I think there would be some kind of value in somebody like taking all of the audio from him being in the booth and cutting out like the, the commercial breaks in between and just listening to Joey talk baseball nonstop for, you know, whatever that would be like three hours or something like that. I'd do that. I mean, that, that would be, that would be my daily soundtrack. That would be amazing. I would, I would love to hear more of Votto while he's out. And, yes. you know, I'm, I'm hoping that what this is, is him 
getting himself ready for post-baseball life so that he can just drop right into a analyst role, whether it be with the Reds or nationally, MLB Network, ESPN, somebody like that, um, and already have, you know, uh, already have a demo, basically, already have a body of work that doesn't involve him being on the field with a mic at first base, but being actually in the booth. And, you know, this will give him an opportunity to lay some things down. I, I hope that, I hope that's the direction these, this is moving. Well, and, and I even said this too, when he was uh, talking and I DVR'd the first game from Wednesday, since I was at the ballpark for it, but just listening to it again, I'm like, if I'm Bally sports, I'm making him an offer right now that as soon as he retires, you have a Votto cast. Because I'd watch, I'd watch that every game. I, I would love to see that. However, I think you made a good point there as well. ESPN, MLB Network, Fox, everybody's going to be just knocking his door down to bring him in and do games mm -hmm. because everybody knows he has one of the best minds in the league for baseball. And he was putting it on full display this past weekend between uh, the game against the Rockies and the game against the Cardinals, just the way that he would describe things like he, he was talking about Giovanni Gallegos and the way that he pitches. And he's like, you know, us hitters know that he's got a spinning fastball and that doesn't mean he's got a high spin rate on his fastball. What that means is if I have a level swing plane, the ball's going to be a little bit higher than where I think. So I've got to adjust my swing accordingly. And I'm just like, please say more, you know, like that's, that's how I felt the entire broadcast. You know, the other thing that he has going for him in this is that over the last couple of years, he's really let more of his personality shine through and show that he would be entertaining on a broadcast. So whenever that time comes, I, I really hope that he, when Joey finally retires, I really hope it's not one of those things where he disappears back up to Toronto and we never see him. I really hope he does take some kind of gig in broadcasting where we can hear his thoughts and, and what he knows about the game and he can share it with all of us. I used to think that is what was going to be. I don't think that anymore. I, I think he's going to have a job as an analyst, maybe he has like a, a show either pre or post game or not even necessarily that just a talk, a baseball talk show. Um, because there were moments where it was just him and Barry talking about the game. And I was like, this, this is what we've been talking because we've been a little bit critical of Barry this year, right? We we've mm -hmm. seen that he isn't necessarily living up to what we thought, but in the moments when he and Joey were talking baseball, that was worth its weight in gold. Just absolutely phenomenal broadcasting. That's a great point. I think that Larkin is still struggling to learn broadcasting. He clearly yeah. knows the game. He clearly knows how to talk about baseball. I think where he struggles is knowing where to interject it in the course of a broadcast. And hopefully he continues to get better because I think he's going to be in that broadcast booth for a long time. So uh, you know, it's my hope that he continues to improve there as well. I agree. Well, I tell you what, I think that's a good spot to end here, talking about Votto in the booth. There's so much more that we have to cover that we're going to get into tomorrow. We mentioned Matt Reynolds and the rehab start and things like that, or the rehab stent that he's going on, and how the roster's probably going to change whenever he's ready to go. Uh, Justin Dunn is on the mound today in Chicago. The Reds are in the Windy City for a series. We're going to be talking all about that. That's coming up on tomorrow's Lockdown Reds. Make sure that you're subscribed. That way you don't miss anything we've got coming for you, because like Steve said, content galore 
when it comes to Reds baseball. You can find it right here on Lockdown Reds. And thanks for making us your first listen. Make your second listen now, the ultimate pro football preview 2022. It's an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the Lockdown Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Lockdown Bets, all combine into one ultimate NFL preview. You know, it's like the Voltron of NFL previews. Search for the ultimate pro football preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. Steve, we got young dudes galore playing ball. Hopefully a bright future is in store for all of them. What does that mean for you and me? You know, I talked about it earlier. We're going to cover the good. We're going to cover the bad. We're going to even talk about the ugly because me and you, we're locked on reds every single day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 